0: go anywhere, just raise your hand, we're going to have you be here, Cole Cole will call you up later, okay, I'm kind of talking to you, but I'm also talking to your parents, and also talking to our church a little bit, Um, but I want to explain why we do this, um, and why we do it on a Sunday morning, and this is why, Um, graduation from high school for a long time has been kind of a big civic rite of passage, Um, for, for much of history, only just a few people even got to think about going to college. And so a high school degree is a big deal. It changes your status within society. You have new standing among us. You've proven to us that you know how to finish some things and how to follow through to the end. And it might have been a weird last couple of years, COVID years in in high school. But for the rest of your life, you can say I'm a college graduate and people will, or a high school graduate, and people people will ask. You'll have to actually write that down. And so it comes with rights. And privileges. And on that count, we're we're very proud of you guys. But um, it's also within the life of Redemption Church, it's kind of a spiritual rite of passage as well. You're you're moving now from being students among us to being adults among us. And and we take this time to say, we see you, we've been watching you, we see the work that you have put in. We've watched you struggle to keep your faith. And we're saying, in, in essence, you don't have anything else to prove to us. We see the work you've done, and, and we, we celebrate it. We're proud of you. We believe in you. And you're now part of us in a, in a whole new way. And there's some recognition that comes along with that as part of the family of God. Part of that for us is just to confess to, to you guys and your families You know, up until now, you've been sort of dependent on us in a way, but it's switching now. In in a lot of ways, the church is now going to be dependent on you. And and there's a sense in which our future depends on you and your faithfulness. And where we could, like we had leverage, we could make you come around before, now it's going to be up to you. And, And so it's our time to confess to you, we need you to be faithful, to be part of us. You know, Every single week when, when we come to worship at Redemption, since you were little or as long as you've been part of us, we stop before we send you out and we pray a blessing over you. And, and kind of the, the ending of the blessing says, um, may you never know a single moment of your life that you don't feel like you're part of the people of God. And we prayed that every day because we knew this day would come when when the leverage would disappear and it would be up to you, when you'd have to decide for yourself if you're going to make the faithfulness of the church part of your future, and that's your decision. And we bless you every day because we know how much is riding on the decision that you make for your life. Um, how much is riding on on your decision for the future of the church? Honestly. Because in every new generation, the church sort of has to be um, reborn, born born again, sort of, with these new leaders. New people have to come forth and say, "I'll take responsibility for the life of the church." And and part of what we're saying to you guys today is, we want it to be you. We want it to be you, and we believe in you, and and we know that you have what it takes. And, and so, as every new generation tries to re rebuild the church or let the church be reborn again in them, we're charging you and saying, we want you to to be the ones to do it. So we're super proud of you graduates. There's a civic rite of honor, but this is a spiritual rite of passage as well. And you have been a blessing to us. We see you. We see what you've done. And we're inviting you now to be part of our life in a whole new way. And so to make that happen, I'm going to call up our youth pastor Cole McGee, there he is. Everybody, give it up for Cole.
1: Seniors, you can go ahead and stand up or come sit up here. Be great. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Great. All right. Good. Nice work. At Redemption Church, we say that this graduation ceremony is a rite of passage for our children here. You seniors are moving from the youth ministry at Redemption Church into full participation into what it means to be the people of God. Okay, so what do I mean by all of that? You notice I didn't say that you are becoming the people of God. I'm not saying that. As Bonhoeffer said when he reflects on young people in the church, You hold no unique standing in this community. You are equal members of the church. Bonhoeffer reminds us that there is nothing that you are going through that these adults aren't also going through right now. And yes, I mean that. There is a 65 year old somewhere in this church working through the same struggles and yearnings that you have had over the last 18 years. They might take different forms, They might use other words, but there's a a 40-year-old professional out here, there's a 32-year-old stay-at-home parent that is listening to me talk right now that at some point over the last week thought to themselves, what am I doing with my life? Where is God? Is my relationship with the person I love going to make it? Will I ever heal from these wounds? What am I good at? Do people like me? Where do I belong? So here's the thing. You all have always been entirely the people of God because you are human just like us. You are wounded just like us. You struggle just like us. You are loved by God just like us. And you are following Jesus and learning how to love just like us. This morning, this rite of passage, is an announcement to the congregation that these students... Are ready for full participation as the people of God. I'm here to tell you that they have something to say to us. They have an experience to share with us. They have a story to tell. They have something that God is bringing into the world through them. So, throughout my speeches for each of these students, I will call this a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is something that God is bringing into the world through them. And my job this morning is to introduce each student to the congregation and then name what I see God bringing into the world through them, given my time and experiences with them. However, I will humbly say, Skyly, Meg, Brett, Anna, Amelia, Eleanor, Danny, we will not be whole as a community without your participation, as Tim said. Whether you are near or far from us, we need you, we need you to tell the truth about your life and what God is doing through you. We need you to bring this gift that God has given to you into the world. Whether you are near or far from us, participation in the people of God is about being the people of God wherever you are. And this morning is your invitation to do just that. So we're going to go one by one. And as I call your name, step up to the middle right here. Um, Actually, can I get Jacob? Will you grab that and move that out of the way? Man, look at this. Former graduate. Yeah, Jacob. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. So we're going to go one by one. And as I call your name, step up to the middle. After you come to the middle, uh, I'll give you a glimpse into who these students are. And then I will name in them their spiritual gift. After that, an adult leader is going to walk over to you, give you this book of common prayer that's over here on the table, and tell you how proud they are of you. And then walk you over to the opposite side of the stage to be seated. We ready? Danny, Danny Schwartz, give her a round of applause. So Danny has come to our Sunday morning class a lot over the years, and her family is a longtime faithful family to Redemption Church. But I've always wondered—I've always wondered if Danny really ever wanted to be in our Sunday morning youth class. Let me explain why. She would often come in with her older brother, and she would kind of hide behind him and sit in the corner of the room her brother would do all the talking and smiling and hello sir how are you nice to meet you Uh, and Danny would just sit and stare at me like what is this guy up to Uh, but I was wrong as usual Danny was not just watching she was taking in information and one day she stepped out of the corner of the room and you really surprised me you stunned me so our Wednesday night youth group does this thing every year called Epiphany Jobs. It's, it's a dumb name for me forcing students to serve the church in all these weird ways throughout the season of Epiphany. Because service always brings with it an unexpected revelation of who God is and who we are. And so I was telling our Sunday morning class about this, and I was probably reminding them that they needed to follow through with their commitments. And afterward, Danny, who had who didn't come on Wednesday nights, but she did come a lot on Sunday mornings, she, came, she hadn't heard about it yet, and she walks straight up to me and says, I wanna do something. Can I work in the nursery? And she was very, very, very serious. And in that moment, I learned something. Out of the corner, this quiet girl comes up and says, I wanna work in the nursery right now. <laughs> I learned something. Danny doesn't wanna just sit and consume the environment. She wanted, to, she wanted to work. And this is Danny's language, work action, service, and perseverance. So Danny, this is why I'm naming you the gift of fidelity. Danny goes after the things she loves and puts everything she has into loving, serving, and supporting her people. And this isn't some generic, I love people, I love relationships, I love just being with people that sometimes young people say, you know, and it's like, I don't really know exactly what that means. Danny is different. Danny is loyal to her people. In fact, she figured out a skill that takes a lot of people a long time to figure out. She wrote to me one time. She said, genuine, now imagine this. This is a senior in high school saying this, this wisdom. Genuine quality friendships are way more meaningful and important than your quantity of friends. Beautiful. Danny, you have the gift of fidelity, and we are grateful that you chose to be faithful to us. Danny, we love you, and we are proud of you. Next up is Mia Klein. Amelia Klein, excuse me. I'm going to stand here. Give her a round of applause. Yeah. So this is Mia. Uh, when Mia first started coming to youth group, she hated it. Uh, Mia hates, actually this is interesting, Mia hates everything the first time she tries stuff. It's actually kind of her charm. Uh, but she kept coming. Part of the reason was her mother made her Um, Sarah was a youth pastor at at this church a while ago, and so she understood how vital a youth ministry can be for kids' spiritual and emotional health. But also, people kind of need to push Mia to do things. She is very stubborn. Mia's ideas need to be Mia's ideas. So yeah, throughout her time in youth group, since seventh grade, she would come every week, but I was constantly pushing Mia to do a few extra things here and there. Like, hey, Mia, will you go to the lock-in? Mia, will you please be a senior intern? Mia, will you share your wilderness story? Mia, will you lead worship? Will you go on the hiking trip? Will you go on the retreat? Will you just please pray for the youth group after you are done leading worship? To be honest, there's been a lot of work to get Mia to do things. And I think I figured out why. On the one hand, for a variety of reasons... Amelia just simply often doesn't see in herself all of the amazing things we all so clearly see if you know her. But also, I figured out this year her stubbornness is actually how she learns. Mia, this is why I gave in you naming you the gift of discernment. I often say this a lot: Mia is a slow burn. She will push back on you about almost everything. But what I realize is In Mia is that she is working internally to see if you are legit if you really believe what you're asking and she's working to see if you if you if you're asking of her what you're asking of her is also legit she's not just stubborn or difficult she's learning Mia doesn't say yes to things to make herself look better or follow some high school script of what you're supposed to do She's examining if you and what you're inviting her to do is good for the world, if it's authentic, if it's real. One final thing, after all these struggles to get Mia to do things in youth group, COVID happened. And while COVID happened, she's a senior intern this year. Uh, And I never once, this is just this weird shift that happened. I never once had to make Mia do anything as an intern. She did a million things around here. Youth Group and the live stream, dare I say, most things on Sunday morning would not have happened this year without Amelia Klein. And I'm not just saying that. You need to know this. That tells that tells me, Mia, that you might just trust this place after all. Well, Mia, we trust you too, and we love you, and we're proud of you. Next up is Anna Shoup. Yep. Okay, I I say this every time I give out this specific gift. I do not like to do this, and I do not give this gift very often. I just need to qualify this speech with that disclaimer. It's an intention, right? You can feel it. Anyways, Anna, we will get to your gift in a second. You can just stand there. But I want to tell you about Anna Shoup. Anna... Showed up to our youth group during a Nerf War event when she was in late middle school, early high school. I couldn't quite remember. But she started coming consistently throughout high school as the years went on. And I remember that your early small group leader, Sonia, Sonia Way, you yeah, uh, would often come back from small group time. And she would come up to the kitchen bar where I was standing. And she would be like, Cole, this Anna girl, she's the real deal. And I would be like, oh, good, good. I'm glad she's here. You know, oh, that's great. Good. And Sonia was like, no, and she like hit the countertop. She's like, no, you don't understand. You need to be paying attention to this kid. She's quiet. She's unassuming, but there's some real magic here, Cole. Thank God for Sonia. Thank God. Because I did start to notice Anna shoot. And it was last year that I realized that, Anna, you might be doomed. (laughs) Anna, I'm naming you the gift of pastoring. Look, pastoring doesn't mean that I think you should be a pastor. I, I would never wish that upon anyone. <laughs> you, you, can do, you can do what you want to do, but you might not be able to shake the reality that you are pastoral. Last year, a lot of your friends made graduation videos for Winnie and Brooke. A lot, uh, your circle of friends, they'd make these graduation videos. And they would go on and on about how important these girls were to them, but I started to notice that multiple students, like all of them actually, would say something like this in those videos. Brooke, Winnie, you're so important to me. You and Anna are like the people that I trust the most. The people I go to when I need advice and reassurance that I am loved. Anna was always the common denominator. And it hit me when I look back at at the small groups that worked at youth group. When I look back at the retreats that landed And and then when everything would come together, when I look at all the projects you and the other interns did around here, the the really hard ones like remodeling the youth room, Anna, you are the common denominator. Anna is this humble, unassuming girl who hates getting any attention, including right now, as she's going to smile. But she can't help but make things and people better. She naturally, and she might not even know it, she just naturally helps people to feel loved and connected to the community. And I learned this year that you have some serious horsepower in that head of yours. You are smarter than me right now and you can do a lot of things in the world but never, please, never lose your ability to use your gifts to create spaces of belonging and hope for people because we need it. Anna, we love you and we are proud of you. Brett Borkwin. (laughs) Brett. So my relationship with Brett started in about seventh or eighth grade when I noticed that he was the only kid in the youth group that would sit in this gross old beanbag chair we used to have in the youth room. Every time, Sunday morning or Wednesday night, it was his chair and he thought he was beating everyone to the chair but really no one else was gonna sit in it. (laughs) Don't tell him, he thought he was really fast. Uh, But Brett would just sit there, and he would camp out the entire night. Now, at first, at first, Brett was this tiny kid with a really high voice, and he thought he was hilarious. (laughs) Then he transformed into this tall monster who actually is hilarious. (laughs) Brett makes me laugh all the time, all the time. He can tell a story about mowing the lawn, like anything, and his voice and the way he just talks about stuff, I can't describe it, It just makes me laugh. He's just so enjoyable. He is hilarious and says the most inappropriate poems on high school retreats when he doesn't realize his youth pastor is sitting at the top of the stairs listening to students share their poetry with each other in the basement. I heard this, Brett. (laughs) Brett was an intern this year, and I'm telling you half the reason I asked him is because I just wanted Brett around me as much as possible. He brings genuine joy to my life, and to this church. Brett, I name in you the gift of service. Often we think about service as someone willing to do the dirty work while other more pretentious people don't don't want to get their hands dirty. But that's not what I'm actually talking about. That's not really service. It could be, but most of the time that's just kind of called work. (laughs) The gift of service is when somebody embodies WD-40. Just follow me here. Brett is someone who calms the room and he always loosens up the hinges so that the system runs properly. I remember one time we were in this room and you were playing drums, they were over there at the time, and you hadn't signed up for the high school retreat yet and you were thinking about not going because you wanted to work. Do you remember this? Okay. I have never really done this before, but I looked at you and said, Brett, I need you to go. Like, like what do I need to do to get you to go? I, need you, I just straight up need you there. Without you there, the retreat doesn't work. Your, these boys, your friends, they, they sometimes have a little trouble being friends without you there. You're kind of magic. I can put you in a room, and it's like this synergy happens. You make any boring idea fun, and as you learn throughout your time as a senior intern, you learned when to take something seriously and when to loosen the hinges a bit. You naturally figured out the interplay of enjoyment and discipline. Look, I know at times, I know at times, I hope this is okay to say, people don't take you seriously, and this frustrates you. But I do, Brett. I see how seriously you take joy and friendships and loyalty. Brett, you love to love the things you do and the people you call friends, and there is nothing silly about that. Brett, we love you, and we are proud of you. Meg Rowe. So Meg, here's Meg. uh, Meg loves Phineas and Ferb, uh, Ben Rector, Harry Styles, and tearing down the patriarchy. She also never drinks water. It's kind of true. You'll see. Meg is responsible for one of the scarier moments of my youth ministry life. Short story. COVID happens and the youth group shut down and we were all in lockdown, we were all in our own houses. So I decided to make an online space where the students could log on, they could chat with me and play music like, together. Uh, it was really great. And I randomly get this notification that someone typed it and someone typed a message to me and it said, uh, it was from Meg. And it said, I'm laying on my bathroom floor. I'm so dehydrated, I can't get up. And I said, Meg, you need to tell your mother now. And she said, she's in a meeting, and I don't want to interrupt her. I said, Meg, yell for your mom. And I kind of started freaking out. There was no response. I thought, what am I supposed to do right now? I sat back and ran my hands through my hair, and I started pacing a bit. I'm like, I am not prepared for youth ministry on online forums, apparently. So I. Uh, What seemed like five minutes later, one more message popped up. Okay, mom knows, I'm fine. (laughs) Meg, this really freaked me out. Uh, And this is why I actually naming you the gift of giving. And I'll explain this. This might sound weird, but I'm gonna explain this. People who have the gift of giving often do not really like to bother anyone when they need something. They don't want to burden other people with their burdens. But in the meantime, they will give and give and give until they are exhausted. And Meg, I know that you know this is simultaneously, giving is your greatest gift and your biggest obstacle. Meg is a hardworking, generous human being who loves to make people smile and feel love by giving her time, her energy, and even her resources. And as an intern, she gave so much of herself to make this place, to make this youth group happen and a Sunday morning service happen. She was a workhorse. In particular, her chair and table moving skills are insane. You should watch her work. But at times, I would notice that Meg would kind of go dark. She would go quiet. She would leave things a little early, just like, like can I go, can I go, can I, get, can I get out of here? Or she would shorten her sentences with, sentences with me just a bit. And I could tell that Meg was running low. Her energies were being a bit depleted. Her tank was running a little empty. And I think back on the story of you grabbing your phone and sending out a small message to me over the internet. What, whatever it was that caused you to do that, whatever it was that pushed you to say, I'm struggling over here, help. Meg, that is your desire to be known and to be loved. You have given so much to this community and these people. Most of them have no clue all the things you did as an intern. And I want you to know that I see it and I see you. And I want this community of people to get to know a young woman who has a ton of love to give. Just please, remember to let yourself drink some water every so often. (laughs) Meg, we love you, and we are so proud of you. (laughs) Skyly, Skyly De La Durante. Skyly has been in and around the youth group for a long time. She is very involved in all of her soccer teams, and soccer is very demanding of her time. Uh, however, whenever she had the time and the energy, she would be at youth group, and she would go on almost all the youth trips with us. Um, the last year in particular, you have worked really hard to be at youth group as much as you can, and I've noticed that. And I've always respected this from Skyly. She works wildly hard. Still, for as long as I can remember, Whenever I would come up to her at church on Sunday or I would wander outside at the beginning of youth group and I would see her drop off her brother, but she wasn't going to be coming inside, she would immediately just apologize to me and say something like, Cole, I'm sorry I'm not coming to youth group. I have homework. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. And she would give a list of things as if I had like some checklist to punish her, like some cosmic checklist. I don't know what's happening. And every time I would say to you, Skylie, I I hope you remember this. "You, You never have to apologize to me. It's just always good to see you. And I would say this. I would say this all the time. And because of this, Skyly, this is why I named you the gift of leadership. Follow me. I have this theory about Skyly, and it has been brewing since we grabbed lunch at K Machos one time. I think there is a great conflict in her. You genuinely understand more than most kids the amount of work it takes to organize people around a common pursuit. You get how much it costs a coach or a youth pastor to try and influence people. And when you can't like engage as much as you possibly can, you, you feel bad because you know how much work it takes. You understand the power a leader has and how it can be used to help. And also, you understand how it can be used to hurt. You've had coaches manipulate you into doing what they want, misuse you and cut you out because you didn't fit their years of you know, plans or whatever. You're gonna, she's going to go play soccer in college, so she showed them, I guess. You have a youth pastor who completely misread you for years, Skylie. A youth pastor who thought you were exhausted and didn't want to have any extra pressure, so he never asked you to do more than anything than be present. Even though, as we talked about this year, you actually wanted to be asked to be more involved, that's actually how you feel loved. And I have to say in front of everyone, I'm sorry, I messed up. Skyly, you understand what it takes to lead a team, and you know what leadership is. So this morning, I want to give you permission to lead, to speak, to open up and share your opinion. I trust your character. As a church, we need you to be the kind of leader we often fail to be. A leader that leads through vulnerability and love, not through power and manipulation. And you know the difference. We need you to be a leader who creates a culture of trust, not a community of blaming. And I know you know the difference. The thing is, Skyly, I know that your coaches are starting to see it as well. I know that people around you are going to start putting you into positions of influence. You haven't done anything to achieve this. You need to be clear. You are a leader. It is what God is bringing into the world through you. May you come to trust it, and may you come to be that. Skyly, we love you, and we are proud of you. (laughs) Finally, Eleanor Erickson. (laughs) So this is Eleanor Erickson, and this is a first for me. Eleanor is dropping out of high school. That's right, you heard it. Wait for it. Eleanor, as a sophomore, has been accepted into a college on the East Coast, and I'm sure at this point you understand why she's dropping out. Apparently, after one look at a few of her test scores, they said, yeah, why don't you just be done with high school and get here as soon as possible? (laughs) So Eleanor is making this crazy decision to go to college, even though she just got her driver's license. After I told a group of students what Eleanor was planning on doing, one of our junior boys was like, so wait, are you like smart? (laughs) (laughs) and and now Eleanor was like uh yeah I guess so (laughs) Eleanor is really remarkable Uh, there is nothing there's nothing she can do about this about this gift that has been given to her she just is smart she's been this way since she was born she can't undo it without doing significant damage to herself So we say, heck yeah. (laughs) You have been given a gift. A gift that causes you to not fit into the molds that many people want to stick you in, Eleanor. Eleanor, this is why I'm naming you the gift of miracles. Eleanor, I know that at times you hide the fact that you are a kind of miracle. You don't share your secret with people. But you made a choice to be known, and now your secret is out. And I just pray that you know that this community will work incredibly hard to be a safe place for you and a safe place for the miracle of you. We will be a safe place for all the things that God is bringing into the world through you. One final thing. While you might be a miracle, while you might be a miracle uh, the spiritual gift of miracles is not about you. It's about what God is doing through you. And Eleanor, I pray that you take the gift of who you are and use it for the good of the world. I pray that you leave a mark on this place and these people by who and what you choose to give your life to. May you show us something we could not comprehend. May you challenge us with the way with a way a new way to think. May you blow our minds and wreck our hearts with the gift that God has made you to be. Eleanor, we love you and we are proud of you.
0: All right, so I'm gonna ask um, if our graduates, if you would just all come up here and just kind of spread out along here. Usually we would invite families to come up, but um, it's a weird year. So we're gonna have everyone, if you will just stand where you are. And um, we'd invite you just to raise your hand toward them in a blessing. And you guys, we're gonna pray, pray a blessing on you um, as we have done every week. Um, but just thinking about all you've been through and about this future, this one's a little different, right? It's a little special. So let's, let's pray a blessing on them. Almighty God, you have created us in your own image. You have designed us for life with you. And today we give you thanks and praise for our graduates and their families. And our hearts rejoice at this great milestone in their lives. We thank you for each of these graduates, and they have blessed their families and our church with so much already, and we're so proud of them. We celebrate each of them, their unique spiritual gifts that Cole has named in them today. And we pray that they will look to you to know how to steward those gifts for your kingdom. And so we ask you to bless them, to protect them from the powers of darkness and chaos. We ask you to keep them safe, make them healthy and strong, continue to help them to grow and mature. When they struggle, Lord, we pray that they would sense how close you are to them, how much you love them, how you are in the struggle, and that you mean to be a comfort. And we call them forward once again this day to join with the body of Christ, to once again give their hearts to you, to stay connected to the church, your body, to contend against evil in the world, to fight for peace and justice, to bear witness with their very lives to the good news of Christ's redemption. And when things get hard, to reach out to you and toward each other and to hold on tight. But more than anything, we pray as we always do every single week, that they, there would never be a single moment of their lives that they don't feel part of the people of God. And we bless them. We ask you to bless them. In the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right, can we give one more round of applause for our brothers? All right, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. We're going to take uh, just a moment, and this